The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Your discretion is advised. When Nicole Sandler sits down to do her show, she's the producer, booking the guests, pulling the audio, planning the show, the engineer, running the controls, troubleshooting any problems, playing the sounds, calling the guests, and she's the webmaster, writing the blog, posting the podcast, maintaining the website, not to mention the host, interviewing the guests, explaining the issues, giving opinions, and calling out the bad guys, and then you get the Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com. Trump's in cognitive decline, but Trump's brain is not like mine. Since he started with so little, while I was much more in the middle. The delusions that define him in conjunction with his whining make it painful hearing his voice. What fool says, yep, he's my choice. Trump's in cranial collapse, <laughs> meaning his every synapse mm-hmm. is sluggish and unruly. He's a basket case now, truly. Yeah. He is fit for only ranting, which his followers find enchanting. But all normal folks who hear him either loathe him or they fear him. No, oh, there's that. I'd be in the loathing team. <laughs> You and me Thanks both, Mangy. You and me both. Uh, our pal Bruce W. Nelson, Mangy Fetlocks to, uh, you know, us mere mortals. Um, and singing about Trump's uh, cognitive decline. Yet, if you watch TV news, cable news, any commercial media, mainstream media news, it's it's just Biden. I got it somehow. My, my main email account got not, not hacked. Oh, I guess it did get hacked, but it, it, uh, I got, I got subscribed to all these right wing sites, go figure. And, you know, I look at some of them out of curiosity before I block them. And one of them today did a whole thing. Oh, Joe Biden's really lost it now. And it showed, I guess there was a Kennedy honors or one of those kind of um, salutes to famous people uh, ceremonies the other night. And he went over and shook the hands of the honorees and then went out and, and uh, you know, shook someone's hand in the audience. But they painted that as proof that Joe Biden got lost on stage and Jill had to rescue him. You know what that was? Bullshit. It's just all bullshit. However, if you listen to Trump, his cognitive decline is clear. All right. Enough of that. Um, (laughs) Thought I'd just start off that way and then we can get into the good stuff. So Will Bunch is coming on today. Will Bunch, an old friend of the show. Uh, He's been on many times. He's a great columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And I actually reached out to Will and I said, hey, you know, why don't you come on this week? Because of one of his columns, I think it was Sundays, uh, in which he wrote about Henry Kissinger dying. And if you know Will Bunch, you know he was, you know he was a a, a, a creature of Watergate. You know he 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 and I are the same age, um, both born in 1959. Although I was born in November, so I only had you know two months in the 50s. Anyway, anyway, um, he you know he was he's very well read on the Nixon era. And that includes Henry Kissinger. And so um, one of the things that Will Bunch wrote in this column is that, you know, yes, finally he's dead. Ding dong. 
Uh, but what he added was that um, Henry Kissinger would have applauded MSNBC's firing of Mehdi Hassan. And, and it, because, well, and Will will explain it to us. And I wrote to him and I was like, would you, would you kind of, you know, I get it. And look, I, I've said it on this air. I was always a big fan of Mehdi's. Um, I even subscribed to Peacock to get his show when he was doing a nightly show there. Um, so, you know, and I canceled the subscription <laughs> and when he went to one night a week and you couldn't even find him in it. And then, you know, look, since the war, since October 7th and, and the war, um, I've been critical of his coverage, not so much on the air, but here in this house for sure. Um, cause I think it's pretty one-sided, but you might say that about my coverage. So I get it. We have loyalties to our heritage, uh, but by no means did I think he deserved to be fired. Now, we don't know exactly what happened. Um, NBC surely didn't give us a reason. And the one thing I find really strange is that, um, <laughs> thank you, Kimchi. I'm laughing because my hair is a mess. It's back in a ponytail. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm wearing an old ratty t-shirt. <laughs> and Kim says, by the way, you look lovely today. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate it because really there's no reason you should say that. Anyway, I digress. See, that's what happens when I glance over at the chat room. Um, I didn't believe, and I, I still don't, that, that, that Mehdi deserved to be fired. However, honestly, he, it wasn't the typical firing. He's still there. And I guess his show will continue till the end of the month on Sundays, and then he's replaced by Eamon Mohadeen. Uh, and he'll still appear on the channel they call it network. It's not a network. It's a channel. It's a cable channel. He'll still appear uh, on the channel as a pundit and he'll fill in as a guest host. So I don't know that he was fired for the reasons we believe he was fired. Um, but it sure makes good copy, doesn't it? it? Unlike what I know is the reason my show is canceled on KPFK because one of the local station board members didn't like my stance on the war and rallied her troops to get me canceled. And she did. But, uh, you know, it's um, so anyway, we'll talk about all this and a whole lot more with Will Bunch when he joins us at the bottom of the hour. But there is something I, I want to continue. Sorry, the discussion from yesterday. Um, and, uh, you know, this show, uh, I know a lot of people listen uh, to the podcast. Uh, a lot of people watch on YouTube or Twitter, sorry, Shitter, or Facebook, or one or two of you may watch on Twitch. Yeah, I'm on Twitch every day. Nobody watches over there, but it's there. Um, and, and, you know, and some of you listen to the program on the Progressive Voices Network. By the way, ProgressiveVoices.com. It's, um, yeah, so... Uh, and on Progressive Voices, I follow Randy Rhodes. She's on from, well, now I'm in Arizona and it's weird. It's three, it's 308 here. Two, it's 208 on the West Coast and it's 508 on the East Coast. But Arizona marches to its own drummer and I kind of like that. We don't change the clocks. You notice I said we? Um, so, 
uh, I follow Randy Rhodes, and, and so I listen to the end of her show. So I start so that it allegedly runs seamlessly on progressive voices. And today, uh, she was talking about the the issue. The issue. Many of us Jewish people are um, dealing with right now, and that is that on October seventh. In addition to all the murders and the kidnappings that you've heard about, there were, it's not sex. Rape is not sex. It's violence. Um, There was gender violence on a level that I have never before heard of or read about ever, ever perpetrated on these women. And not all of them were Jewish, just so you know, because Hamas doesn't care. They don't care if you're Jewish, purple, green, red, white, brown. Uh, if you're in Israel, I guess, you know, you're, you're guilty of something, according to them, and they want you dead. So um, Randy dealt with the subject, and we're going to in a moment. But something just happened that I need to share with you. So there was a... Um, a bill that just passed in the House uh, today. It's H. Res. 894. And it's um, strongly, conde- the title of it, strongly condemning and denouncing the drastic rise of anti-Semitism in the United States and around the world. I thought, well, okay, that <laughs> who could vote against that? Well, um, Who could vote against that? How about 13 Democrats, one Republican? They voted nay, but 92 Democrats voted present. Really? And 13 didn't vote at all. So there were 13 nays, 13 no votes, 92 present and 92 yays. I'm sorry, 95 yays. 95 Democrats voted yes to strongly condemn and denounce the drastic rise of anti-Semitism in the United States and around the world. And I'm like, what? What? So I read the text of the bill. And um, it's not that long. And I think I will share it with you. And I, I know what the offending provision is and was. By the way, it was um, introduced by Republicans, of course. Um, but it, it, here's the resolution. I'll read it as quickly as I can. Strongly condemning and denouncing the drastic rise of anti-Semitism in the United States and around the world. Whereas acts of hate, intimidation, discrimination, and violence based on ethnicity or religion have no place in our country nor in the global community. Whereas the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance's working definition of anti-Semitism is widely accepted and serves as a critical tool to help individuals comprehend and identify the various manifestations of anti-Semitism. Whereas since the massacre of innocent Israelis by Hamas and Iran-backed terrorist organization on October 7th, 2023... Anti-Semitic incidents of harassment, vandalism, and assault in the United States have spiked 
188% over the same period last year, according to reports from the Anti-Defamation League Center on Extremism. Whereas drastic increases in anti-Semitic activity has also been seen in Jewish communities around the world since October 7th, uh, since the October 7th Hamas attacks. Whereas the slogan, from the river to the sea, which is a rallying cry for the eradication of the state of Israel and the Jewish people, has been used by anti-Israel protesters in the United States and globally. Here's me breaking in. That's probably one of two lines in this resolution that some of them, um, them by, by them, I mean the, the, the Democrats who voted against this resolution objected to. And we'll save that argument for another day. We've already had it. You know how I feel. That's how they use it. So that's what it means. Just say it. Hold on. I got to move this over here. All right. Uh, more, more whereases. You ready? Whereas on October 8th, 2023, a car with individuals holding Palestinian flags appeared to intentionally swerve out of its lane, nearly hitting a visibly Jewish family in Clifton, New Jersey. Whereas on October 15th, an individual in New York punched a Jewish woman in the face at Grand Central Terminal solely because she was Jewish. Whereas on October 28th, a Jewish man in Sydney, Australia, was severely injured by three anti-Israel rioters and which he was punched in the head at least 12 times, suffered a concussion, two black eyes and four spinal fractures. And it goes on. There's a, a, an incident in New York, a restaurant in Philly, which isn't the Goldie's Diner that I told you about yesterday, but a different one. Uh, November 4th, Arizona. Uh, November 4th. Wow, they really celebrated my birthday. Washington, D.C. Um, these are all anti-Semitic incidents that they're whereasing here. November 6th uh, in California. November 11th uh, in London. November 12th in Ohio. November 13th. A mezuzah was torn off the doorpost of a Jewish person's apartment and a knife was stuck in the wood in its place in Milan, Italy. November 13th, uh, Washington, D.C., anti-Israel rioters vandalized a Jewish medical tent by spray painting free Gaza. Palestine will be free and Gaza will win. It's Hamas, by the way, not Gaza, but okay. On November 15th, it goes on and on. And then it says resolved that the House of Representatives, one, strongly condemns and denounces all instances of anti-Semitism occurring in the United States and globally. Two, reaffirms and reiterates its strong support for the Jewish community at home and abroad. Three, calls on elected officials and world leaders to condemn and fight all forms of domestic and global anti-Semitism. Four, clearly and firmly states that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. Oh, that's the one. That's the line? Was that enough to get 92 Democrats to vote present and get 13 Democrats to, not, to vote no and get another 13 to not vote at all? Oh, number five, rejects all forms of terror, hate, discrimination, and harassment of members of the Jewish community. 92 
Democrats uh, voted present. 13 voted no. Who are those 13 that voted no? I just have to know. 13 Democratic no votes. They would be Jamal Bowman, Cory Bush, Jerry Connolly of Virginia, um, uh, Garcia of Illinois. That's Chewy, Gar- Chewy Garcia, really? Uh, Raul Grijalva, Pramila Jayapal, Lee of Pennsylvania, AOC, Ilhan Omar, um, uh, 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 Presley Ramirez of Illinois, Rashida Tlaib and Bonnie Watson Coleman of New Jersey. Um, so the squad and, um, wow, I got to say, you know, guess what I got in the mail today? I got my voter registration card. Yeah. Because, you know, I got my, my Arizona driver's license. I don't know what I did with it. Oh, here it is. My voter registration card, Maricopa County political party Dem. I've never felt so abandoned. Now, again, the, the anti-Zionist thing should not have been in there. Couldn't they have struck that line? Is there anything else that anybody had a problem with? Anyone? Bueller? No. Okay. Um, well, already I know I'm no longer considered progressive. I guess I'm just liberal but I'm not progressive. Um, wow. Wow. I'll just, I'll just leave that there. Yeah. (sighs) So, uh, let me share something else with you that went on yesterday. Well, actually from this morning, because yesterday they didn't strike it. You're right, Jesse. They didn't. Did they try to get that line struck? I guess not. Because they're chicken shit and they don't give a fuck. We already know, here here I go, that this group, the squad and a few others, um, have no um, affinity for the Jewish people. I'll just leave it there. I'll get myself in trouble if I keep going and I'd prefer not to do that today. Maybe, you know, maybe when we talk to uh, uh, Will Bunch. So anyway, yesterday there was finally, you know, I read to you a bunch of stuff yesterday. I read to you the article written by the group of lawyers led by Dahlia Lithwick over at Slate.com. Women, and among the group, I think there were five um, authors of this article who um, wrote, and of the five, I think only one is Jewish, and that would be Jennifer Taub, who was on this show a few weeks ago talking about how we feel very abandoned all of a sudden by our former friends and former allies, and that we're sort of women without a um, a party, I guess. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm feeling frightened, that's for sure. I don't think my party has my back. Okay. So anyway, at the, so I read the article yesterday um, that they wrote saying it's time for, you know, these women who say they back women to stand up and say these 
gender crimes, and I'm not calling them crimes of sex because rape is not sex. It's violence. These acts of violence perpetrated on women and girls has elicited nothing. Where is the outrage? And that was the point of that article. So yesterday at the, um, the mission of Israel to the UN, Israel's mission to the United Nations held a press briefing about sexual violence. That's the way to put it. Sexual violence committed by Hamas. And one of the speakers, uh, a woman named Mandana Dayani, <clears throat> who I know, um, I, I believe she was an Iranian Jew. I believe she um, uh, was a kid in Iran. I know she lived in Iran for, uh, for a while. She testified. Um, didn't I have? Oh, shoot. I thought I pulled a clip of her testifying. I know I did. You know what? I'm, mm, mm. of course, that's the one I don't have. So I'll just play for you a few other things. I'll play for you some of her. Well, first, this is um, a video that she showed. She went over to Israel. She went to the kibbutzim that had been attacked by Hamas. And she spoke to some people. And this, what I'm about to play for you, is her recording uh, of a, um, an interview with the mother of a young man who was kidnapped by Hamas at that Nova Music Festival. While in Israel, um, you spoke with a mother whose 21-year-old son was taken hostage when he was attending the music festival in southern Israel. Here's a bit of that conversation. I want to show it. My son went to the party, a festival for peace and love. And on Saturday morning at the 7th of October, he called me and he called it to eight in the morning. And he, he said to me, Mom, they closed the party. There are bumps and, the, and they're shooting all, all over. I'm hiding. I'll be in contact with you every half an hour. I'm hiding. I'll be in contact with you in a half hour. Never heard from him again. On that day, we published uh, his, uh, his picture on the Facebook. And uh, after three or four hours, someone recognized him from a video clip that the Hamas published. He was lying on the floor with four other guys. I felt this moment. I, I understand that my life are going to change. It won't be the same. You can't eat, you can't sleep all the time thinking about him. And I have to fight for him. I have to fight to bring him back. She has to fight to bring him back. Okay, that that actually was not about the uh, sexual violence. But I thought it was important to show you because that's not the only thing that these women were concerned about. So here is another really, clip. Really, really heartbreaking. Um, um, watching people that I admire and respect just not show up for these women and girls. Okay, um, so again, this is the activist Mandana Diani. She's the co-founder of an organization called I am a voter. You hear that, politicians? She's a voter. And she's explaining in this clip um, what, what 
Well, what her testimony was about. It's been really, really heartbreaking um, watching people that I admire and respect just not show up for these women and girls. Um, we know what happened to them. We have enough videos. We have enough testimony. The terrorists um, admitted to it. They filmed it on their GoPros and live streamed it on our feeds. Um, these women deserve the dignity of, and they deserve to be believed. You, you know, think? if we are feminists, if we've in any way evolved as human beings, we've learned to believe women. And that really does mean all women. And to have their stories not supported by women's organizations, feminist universities, people I really admire and respect um, is deeply heartbreaking. And they need to show up. Uh, these women have done, you know, many of them didn't survive. The brutality against them was beyond anything that any of us could have imagined. And part of my call to action that day was, well, it's it's very clear that you haven't showed up for many reasons. And I, you know, talked through some of them, but now is the time to prove that you care. Now is the time to speak up. Now is the time to use your voice. You think? Um, and, you know, I shared a little bit about my childhood, um, really just to draw the parallel of feeling silenced. Mm -hmm. um, and we aren't anymore, right? This isn't... Um, right. We all have the privilege of being able to speak out and condemn this violence. Mandana, why do you think the delay, why do you think it happened uh, for, <laughs> for so many to unequivocally, you know, just speak out against what Hamas did to Israeli women? Um, and what do you want the UN, major women's organizations, foreign governments, the U.S. government to do? Good question. Um, I think that there are, there are many people who don't like Jews. I think anti-Semitism plays a big part in this. You I think, think there are people that are afraid to condemn any action that happened against Israelis and Jewish women because they're afraid of siding with Israel. And they have deep anti-Zionist beliefs, which are completely unacceptable, particularly in a conflict like this. Um, there there are no two sides to what happened to these women and girls and that there's there's no conversation. What happened to them was horrible. We know that it happened and it must be condemned. My goal in speaking up, my goal in being here now is that we are not here to deny their experience. We are not here to politicize their experience. Um, we cannot act like they are undeserving of our support and we, are, you know, we cannot be complicit in emboldening the perpetrators. We have to condemn these war crimes. We have to condemn gender-based violence. Yep. When we see it, and we've seen it, um, and, and truly, the, that is what I'm asking. I just It is time that everyone stands up and does the right thing. It is. And so, again, one more clip I want to play for you, and maybe we'll get into more uh, tomorrow. But the, um, she, Mandana Diani talked about um, what it was like, you know, well, how things changed after October 7th. There's before October 7th, and there's after October 7th. It's been really, really heartbreaking um, watching people that I admire and respect just not show up for Oops, these women. Hold on, wrong clip. Let me share the other, the right one with you. It's this one. And again, I look at what happened on October 7th and what happened after October 7th. What happened on October 7th cannot be in any way conflated with these other stories. What happened that day was unacceptable. It was unprovoked. Israel did not ask for this war. These people were home asleep in their pajamas with their children or they were at a peace festival dancing with their friends. There's no nothing. Anything you say beyond that is acting like there is a reason or an excuse for something like that to happen. And there isn't. There is nothing on earth that will justify that behavior. And what happened is unacceptable and it must be condemned. Hamas is a terrorist group. 
what happened after Israel's response is a completely different conversation. We can have all the conversations you want about the geopolitical conflict in the Middle East and what you think about land disputes and who's indigenous. Happy to have that conversation. We may all have very similar or different beliefs. None, none of that has anything to do with what Israelis suffered that day. Nope. And it's completely unacceptable that those messages are being mixed right now because they cannot be. They cannot be. And you know, I'm going to play one more clip because Reverend Al was there. And there's well, no question the, that what happened on October 7th Rev should be separate from what has come since then. But this so many morning. Democrats, including some pretty prominent Democrats, lawmakers, have had real trouble saying exactly that. They've had real trouble uh, Many of them, Pramila Jayapal. Up with the geopolitics of the situation. And we're seeing it, in polls suggest, really dividing the Democratic Party right now. And, and not just trouble for President Biden's reelection bid, but for the party right now. It is, uh, to me, disgraceful. Because if you cannot take a moral position on people, civilians being killed, women being raped, then how do you take a position later on other issues? I, on October 7th, when I reached out and said this was wrong. People that I've worked with in civil rights, the, the month before with the March on Washington was saying, that's touchy. Touchy about what? Touchy. How do you stand up for anything if you don't stand up for everything? And I respect what you've done. One of the things that, that uh, I, I talked yesterday, Martin Luther King III and Andrea Waters King, and I had a Zoom call with the mother uh, and father of one of the hostages. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't know, uh, and I feel bad I didn't know, is that Hamas is not only holding Israelis and Jews. Uh -oh. They have two people from Tanzania, one from South Africa. They're holding blacks. And no, but not that that should uh, be the reason we get in this. But they do not care about women, blacks, Here anybody else. Yet everybody seems to be rallying around that. And, and tell us how isolated that makes you feel that people that you've marched with and, and, and have uh, in many ways championed the cause of feminism that are now, for whatever reasons, backing up. They're champions of Me Too here, but there are too few there. Thank you for saying that. Um, you know, look, I never did those things for some quid pro quo because I wanted people to have my back. I did those things because they were the right thing to do. I, you know, I quit my job and spent years advocating to have the reunification of families at the border because it was the right thing to do. When we saw what happened, I was just in Israel. I went to one of the kibbutz. I saw the destruction. Hours She's going to show hours, video each here. Family bound together, burned alive, set on fire, mm. bullet holes. I mean, the pain was the point. And these people are acting like they're trying to see the best in Hamas. Like, yep. it, is, it defies any form of logic. It is a terrorist organization. They killed so many Arab Israelis that are Muslim. They took so many people that came from every single corner of this world. They don't care. And by the way, they go on television every single chance they have and keep repeating that they're going to do this again and again, again and again. And again and, and again. they're not going to stop with the Jews. Obviously, they want the, they want the eradication of Israel and Jews. And then they come for the West. And again, to see leaders that like are not, not recognize how dangerous this is. Again, I, I lived in Iran. I know how, how dangerous these people are. And it really is disturbing that, that they're supporting this. Um, and I'm seeing this, this is the Kibbutz Berry. I'm mean, sorry, this is uh, Faraz, the other Kibbutz that I went to. Um, yeah. And the destruction uh, it was the worst. I mean, listening to these people and so many of these people were there to work on peace. Um, and it, I mean, there was it was the worst thing I've ever seen. Truly. It was so Mandana, destructive. Uh, her name is Mandana Diani, and she is an activist. 
and is speaking out and was at the UN yesterday when, um, uh, you know, the, the Israel mission to the UN said, don't forget about us. This is violence against women. And if it happened anywhere else in the world, women everywhere would be in an uproar and we're, we're met with silence. So that happened. All right. Um, now I'm going to welcome Will Bunch to the show, and I'm sure he's thrilled with that as a lead-in. Um, Will Bunch, of course, a columnist at the Philadelphia Inquirer and a, a frequent guest on this program and a friend of the show. Hey, Will. Hey, Nicole. How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, but not great, to be honest. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard time. It's very, you know, I've, I've been in journalism more than 40 years now. It's a long mm-hmm. time, right? And I, I, I'd have to say this is just, in so many ways, just the most demoralizing time I've ever been through, you know. Um, you and me both. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the events in the Middle East are horrific. The animosity among people who used to be <laughs> allies and are now at each other's throats is, is can be difficult to watch. Uh, so, so that's happening. I mean, I feel like it's a, it's, I feel like it's a three ring circus, you know, this is happening. You have this incredible situation where our country, the United States seems to be sliding towards a dictatorship. And I don't want to say we seem it's powerless, you know, that we're powerless to stop it. We're not powerless at all, but at times it feels like, we're not doing enough to stop this and we don't know what to do to stop this from happening. I mean, it never should have gone to this point, you know, and then, you know, I wouldn't equate this necessarily with the other two, but the fact that the website formerly known as Twitter, which is where a lot of us used to be able to go to share good ideas, you Mm -hmm. know, for fighting back against some of this stuff has been co-opted by somebody who's who's like he's like a villain from a James Bond movie, right? Yep. You know, I mean I feel like I feel like Elon Musk should be living in in a fortress in an ice fortress in the Arctic or something. <laughs> like, you know, like somebody from, you know, Live and Let Die or You Only Live Twice or something, you know, this the e the, the evil billionaire who wants to destroy the world. I mean, that's Elon Musk. And you know, he's taken over this this website, which, you know, was always imperfect in, in many ways. Yep. And, you, you, and he made it even more so, always, right? Yeah. I mean, it's always been a home for misogyny and other types of bad things, but a lot of good things used to happen and some still do, but it's, you know, it's, it's overcoming this guy who's doing everything to destroy it. Again, I, I shouldn't go off on that because it's not. It's, it's the least of our problems or, right but now, but actually. It, but it's all. I don't know. It feels like it's, it feels like it's all connected. I mean, it it's, is. you know, people, when people make jokes, you know, about us being about we're in a simulation and things are going off. I mean, it feels kind of matrixy right now, doesn't it? I mean, like it, it nothing feels right. Nothing feels right. correct. Nothing. It's all so surreal. The fact that there was a vote in the house of representatives today, Will, I don't know if you heard about this on a, a resolution Quote, strongly condemning and denouncing the drastic rise of anti-Semitism in the United States and around the world. Did you hear about this vote? 
Yeah, I did. And, you know, again, it it just seemed a little off in the sense that, you know, I mean, you know, anti-Semitism is just outrageous and it's just something that's offended me and all of us our entire lives. Right. But the way that some people are defining it right now and, and this resolution that that had a line in directly, it that said directly equates anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. And yeah. that line should not have been in there. Right. But, it, mean, you know, define anti-Zionism, define Zionism, the belief that Israel has a right to exist. If that's the definition, yeah. then I'm, I'm a Zionist. I'm, yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing about. Right. The thing about Zionism and anti-Zionism, I mean, I, I strongly believe that, you know, we can't go back to 1948, right? No, you know, we can't. What, what, Thank what, you what, for whatever. saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So whatever happened then, you know, kind of like, kind of like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm probably, you know, not going to surrender my house or my neighbor's houses to Native Americans Hello. for the same reason. That's right. Even though, it was, even though it was terrible what happened, but you know. But that's present, what people that, are asking of Israelis right now. People who weren't born in 1948, who had nothing to do with it, or even 1967 for that yeah. matter. They weren't born yet, and yet you're saying th- that it's stolen land, you shouldn't be there. Well, when are you giving your home back to the Native Americans? Yeah, right. Exactly. And, you know, and and you can go all over the world and find comparable situations to like like that. And I mean, to me, you know, and and I'm not just talking about Israel and Palestine, but all these situations. I mean, to me, the challenge for us in the present is how can we get along? How can we coexist? You know, and and I mean, for me in the present, you know, like I said, Israel's existence is, you know, is a fait accompli at this point. Um, well, not if you're not if you're Hamas well, and not if you are a good portion of the American progressive coalition, apparently. Yeah, well, I think we need to get back to a place where we're talking about things like the two state solution and we're talking about peace. You right. Know? You mean, need to get rid of Netanyahu and you need to get rid of Hamas. And unfortunately, yes, exactly. I, I mean, both. How do you, you do know, it? Both. Both factions, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the Israeli people are wonderful people. I have, you know, I have a number of friends who are Israeli Americans, uh, you know, just just fantastic people. Most of them uh, are peace loving and feel just as negatively about the Netanyahu government as we do. You know, uh, yep. not everybody obviously does, but but the ones I know tend to feel that way. Uh, you yep. know, we know many, we know many wonderful Palestinian Americans yep. and it's, it's tragic that ironically, just as we were connecting the dots here, just like what might happen here in the United States, these good people are represented by a government that is not governments, excuse me, plural, two of them that are terrible. That's right. Know. Look, I, uh, you know, you, not, you, you know, and I, and, and, yeah, and they use, I mean, both in both governments, use division and hatred to stay in power. Yeah. Oh, Um, without a doubt. Look, Netanyahu is back in court today because there are all these criminal indictments against him. And there was a pause in his trials because of the war. Well, today the the proceedings are back on. Now, only if if we only had a democracy like that, where 
I know he's not the president. He's the prime minister. No difference over there. The prime minister has more power than the president. He's able to stand trial because he is um, accused of crimes. He's been indicted. Why all of a sudden is if Donald Trump gets reelected, he can stand trial that, you know, there's so many problems. But what we have here is an issue where um, we've got this guy who's already shown us who he is. And we have so many people and organizations coming out of the woodworks this week, finally saying what, how horrible it will be if Donald Trump gets back in power. The Atlantic, their entire new issue is all articles by some pretty brilliant minds saying this can't happen. We will lose democracy. It will be, they're, they're sounding the loudest warnings that can be sounded. And yet we have young people now on college campuses saying free Palestine. And if, 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 if Joe Biden keeps supporting those horrible Israelis who were massacred on October 7th, then we will not vote for Joe Biden. Great. You'd rather have Donald Trump because he'll be so good to the Muslims. He'll be so good to yeah. the LGBTQ community. He'll be, they'll be so good to anyone who does not follow their particular dogma or not. I mean, it's it's cutting off your nose to spite your face. The whole thing is just surreal. Back to where we started. Well, yeah, you know, I, I um, it, it's interesting. I, I wrote a column about three weeks ago, uh, which you may or may not have seen, but the headline was, you know, is is Gaza becoming Joe Biden's Vietnam? And um, you know, I was, you know, but, but, I, I was but, nine but, years old. Hmm. I, was nine, I was nine years old in 1968, but. Um, I have some memories of that time, but uh, I also uh, what, hold on. What did, know, what yeah. did Vietnam ever do to us? Oh, well, <laughs> that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother story. Well, well, my point, my point in the column was the fact that, um, uh, well, I was going to say, uh, uh, even though I was a kid, I, I became a 60s history buff and I've I've I watched so many documentaries and seen so much film and read so many books. I, I, I feel like almost like I was an adult at that time because I've, you know, I've, I've read and learned so much about that period, which I experienced, but as a child. So, um, so 1968, right? I mean, you just, it was a very similar situation in which you had a Democratic president, right, LBJ, who, you know, and, and, and there are some real differences between LBJ and Biden, but some similarities in that they had uh, ambitious domestic programs, right? Um, and LBJ's presidency totally got bogged down in, in the Vietnam War. True. And if you, were, if you were a young person, of course, a little different because the voting age was still 21, if you remember, in 68. So, so a lot of college students weren't eligible to vote, which was kind of crazy when you think about it. But, um, you know, too bad. Um, it's not now. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going there, Nicole, but uh, I did. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm so fed up right now. Will I've, I've really had it. I've really had it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I know, but you're, you're, some, I know, but yeah. you're taking us in another direction. I don't see well, the, yeah, I don't not, see the parallels. Not, not, not totally. No, I'm not totally taking it. Like, yeah, I, I I mean, just to finish the Vietnam riff here, though, but, uh, you know, young people 
were so angry at LBJ uh, about the Vietnam War. And, you know, you had pro- I rightfully mean, so. It, it, it was so it was it was so similar, you know, I mean, you know, parents and, you know, a lot of parents who were Democrats. Right. They were New Deal Democrats, but but they didn't agree with their kids. Right. You had the generation gap. It's like, what are these kids? It's, it's It was a very it was a very similar time in a lot of ways to today. But politically, <laughs> what's significant is um you know a lot of these young people you know couldn't vote for lb you know couldn't bring themselves to vote for lbj and then of course he dropped out of the race and was replaced by his vice president ebert humphrey and a, a lot of young voters just couldn't bring themselves to support humphrey you had chaos at the 1968 democratic so we get richard nixon yeah baby chicago just like just like uh joe biden's 2024 convention is going to be held in Chicago. So, so how's that for irony? But um, and, um, you know, Richard Nixon won that election by less than a percentage point. Um, and if there hadn't been this Democratic unhappiness over 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 the Vietnam War, uh, Humphrey Humphrey would have won. And. You know, we all know what Richard Nixon did to this country, whether Kent State, you know, well, we talked about it a lot this week with Henry Kissinger passing away. Well, that's what what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. What happened in Cambodia where, you know, illegal bombing by the United States killed hundreds of thousands of people. And, you know, here we are. We are 55 years later, 56 years next year later. And, um this fighting over this war that, you know, again, uh, like you said, halfway around the world, not even not on our soil, but um, this this dispute over this war could cost Joe Biden his presidency. You well, know, that's you, ridiculous. It, it I'm is, sorry. Yeah, look, that's so look, fucked look. up. That is so fucking ridiculous. So so we get Donald Trump. That'll make things so much better. Well, I always I always tell I always try and explain to people that you're kind of in a weird place when you're a political opinion journalist like I am, because for me, writing about politics is a lot like entertainment writers writing about the Oscars. You know, every year they do the thing should win, will win. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of, some of, some of what I write is what I think should happen. And some of what I write is trying to warn people of what I think will happen if things don't change. Right. You know, and I, you know, I think, Nothing is more important for this country right now than defeating Donald Trump. And the only way to do that is with Joe Biden. Um, Yeah, but you know what? If it involves Jews, fuck the Jews. Let's go. Go Palestine. Because that's what we're getting. It has nothing to do with the war. We've already heard how silent so many Democrats have been on the violence against women. Because you know what happened to the Jews? Yeah, they deserved it. That's what we're getting there in Philadelphia, where you are. How's that about um, uh, the what was the name of that um, falafel shop? <laughs> yeah, Gold, Goldie's. Goldie's. Uh, Goldie's yeah, shop. he deserved yeah. that. Goldie, Goldie. What? Yeah. Here, here are cries. You're guilty of genocide. What kind of shit is that? Right. It was. It was. It was really. Just incredibly bad judgment by these people. And, you know, um, you know, I mean, I mean, where you, you know, where you and I differ, Nicole, in terms of emphasis is um, I think the emphasis has got to be on stopping this conflict. You know, we've seen 15,000, 15,000 people have died in Gaza. 
two thirds of them are women and children. Yeah, um, that sucks. It's we, horrible. We, it's horrible. But when will anybody stand up and say what happened on October 7th was a war crime and it deserved some kind of response? What should Israel yeah. have done? Say, oh, we're sorry. Please don't do it again. Yeah, I think people I think people like Tom Friedman, for example, and people who are hardly super liberals. Right. But, you know, but exactly. People who are hardly super liberals. Where are the liberals? Where are my people, the people that I've aligned with for the last 50 years? Not with Um, us. They don't think that what happened on October 7th deserves any kind of recourse. They don't they don't think Hamas needs to be destroyed because Palestine. Yeah, but I think Chris did a good commentary early on, which is that, um, you know, something needs to be done in response to October 7th. But is anything something, right? I mean, is the way that Israel is conducting this war the right way to go about it? I mean, um, you know, we look back on how America responded to 9-11, and of course, they attacked the wrong people. In this case, they're going after Hamas. Who are the right people? When was the rest of the world say Hamas needs to go? Nicole, the 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 eleven thousand or whatever. I'm not I'm not good at math right now. But the women and children who died in in Gaza are not the right people. I'm sorry. You're right. They're not. How do you get yeah. to Hamas when they have their tunnels underneath where the people live? How do you do it? You well, call you the buildings you and you say. You have to think strategically, you know, what I'm not defending Netanyahu, by the way, how he's going about it is wrong. I'm asking, how do you do it? Where is the rest of the world saying we need to destroy Hamas? They're not. So Israel's doing what they feel they have to do. Is it right? No, but they're doing they're they're trying to get rid of these terrorists. So how do we do it? I mean, when Osama bin Laden was hiding after 9-11, do you think we should have blown up apartment buildings in Kabul? I mean. I, I Sorry. Yeah, you don't know, do you? Yeah. OK. Well, I mean, there's strategically, you know, it took us. You know, it took us um, because Osama bin Laden well, is one person. Us, Hamas is a, is a network of terrorists who how are how holding. Many? Hostages. Where's the world saying release the damn hostages? I don't know. I've said it every day. So well, the world isn't. You may have. So, but so, Will. I'm sorry. I don't want to argue with you, but I do have to ask you about you. You wrote about Mehdi Hassan being canceled, which I agree with you 100. percent Why? We we really don't know why. They haven't said why, and I guess he's still there. But you know, I had a show that was supposed to premiere on KPFK. It was in the works for a few months. Two days before its debut, I was canceled. Why? Because somebody came in my chat room one day who was on the local station board, didn't identify herself as such, but didn't like my stance on the war and rallied her local station board people and had my show pulled two days before it was supposed to start. Where's the outrage about that? I had one interview on a, a radio station in Chicago. Who cared? Nobody else gives a shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my point, and I, I hope this is the point I made in the column about about Medi, and I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we agree on that. Is we need a diversity of voices right now. Yeah, we do. And 
too many people on all sides are being silenced right now. You know, too many, um, you know, like I said, all sides, you know, I've, I've seen since October 7th, I've seen people on all sides being silenced, you know, really? who else, you know, I mean, like, like, uh, right here in Philadelphia, university of Pennsylvania, uh, you know, bards students from showing this movie Israelism because it is, uh, uh, you know, produced by Jewish people, but it yep. criticizes, you know, basically it criticizes the Netanyahu government or you can, it, you know, criticizes some of this, you know, West Bank activities. Mm -hmm. Where's, where's the criticism of the Palestinians or Hamas being silenced? I'm seeing lots of silencing of Jews and Jewish voices, including mine. I'm not seeing the silencing of anybody criticizing. What about all those law firms that like withdrew offers from people who, um, who you know, who tore down the posters of kidnapped hostages? Yeah, they, yeah, they and were, and, they and, and posted videos of it online that they were proud of it. I that's a private uh, business withdrawing a job offer. Absolutely, you're going to yeah. tear down a poster of someone who's being held hostage by a terrorist in oh, in so Gaza. MSNBC is a private business too, so I guess then you know. Silencing many. I guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I, I guess we are going to agree to disagree here. Yeah. I think it's yeah, the first glad, time. I'm glad you had me on. I'm glad. I'm glad your listeners are getting some different perspectives. You know. So. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without absolutely. a doubt. So. Um, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you about Kissinger, but I, you said Kissinger would have applauded Mehdi Hassan being fired. And, and I guess that's where we are now. Um, if you're critical of the Jews, uh, you get fired. I, I don't know. None of it makes any sense. All I know is that... Um, <laughs> you just said you just said yeah. nobody was getting fired for criticizing the well, Jews. Well, no, it, it, you're right. Yeah, Mehdi Hassan, I guess. I don't know. You're confusing me. I, I don't. But they haven't yeah, said I that's mean, why Mehdi Hassan was fired. And I honestly, I don't think that's what it was. If it was, he wouldn't be working there through the end of the month. He wouldn't still be on staff as a pundit and a fill-in host. Yeah, well, there was. I don't know. There was a story on the website Semaphore, and I, I that's a new website. I, you know, I don't know if they're. You know, you know, it's not like the New York Times with 200 years of track record or whatever. But, you know, Semaphore reported that MSNBC was worried that it had basically too many Muslim anchors that were too visible out there, you know, between. Which is ridiculous. But but so, uh, uh, you know, the, the, that they silence their Muslim uh, staff now, but uh, they reversed that quickly, which I, yeah. I, I can't believe they silenced them in the first place. But I'm sorry. Here, I'll make a judgment call. Mehdi Hassan, Eamon Mohadeen. There's no there's no comparison. You, they fired the wrong guy. If you if you're yeah, only going to keep right. one of them, yeah. keep and, the know, brilliant I, and, one. Yeah. And, and, and I think. I, I think it's more complicated than just the Middle East, too. And, and um, I, I don't know if you ever read Perry Bacon in The Washington Post. Uh, Perry Bacon Jr. Mm -hmm. I think he's an excellent columnist. He he did a piece about Mehdi's firing, and and, and I kind of wish I'd brought more of this into my piece. But he he wondered how much of the problem is the fact that 
uh, you know, Mehdi's been known to criticize Biden from time to time. Yeah. Right. And that maybe that made some people, you know, I mean, you know, MSNBC. And I, I think I think some <laughs> of the people. Can we? Think, oh, think, come I on. Think, I, think, I think some of the people on MSNBC are fantastic. But, um, you know, but they definitely have had kind of a, you know, Jen Psaki oriented event you know, people who are more. No, come on. It's Nicole Wallace. It's Michael Steele. It's it's Bill no. Crystal. It's the never right. Trumper channel. And watch out, because if Nikki Haley gets in, watch how quickly all those never Trumpers are all of a sudden again, Republicans. Oh my God, that would be you might be right. That would be. Horrifying. I know I'm right. And yeah. they will all tr- Matthew Dowd and Rick Wilson. And I could go on and on. And David Jolly and the list goes on and on would they ever have a progressive radio host on there no fucking way but never trumpers former republicans or or still republicans but those who denounce trump yeah i mean look look at look at the last no i i I totally agree with you on this and and look look at the last 10 years how how prominent bernie sanders has been in american politics and and you know what and they called bernie a traitor is there any is there any host on MSNBC who you think of as like a Bernie type guy? Well, maybe Medi before he Medi and and Chris Medi. Hayes. That's about yeah. it. Chris Hayes, oh, he, and yeah. he's the only one I still like watch religiously. But but <laughs> Bernie, even Bernie got this. Look, Bernie all along was saying yes, this war is horrible. They need to release the hostages, and until they do, you can't negotiate with terrorists. You can't have a ceasefire right. if one side keeps insisting that they that October seventh was a dress rehearsal and they'll do it again and again and again. And you know what happened? The progressives started labeling Bernie a traitor. And what did Bernie do today? Said, no more money for Israel. This is horrific. Well, it is horrific. The killing is horrific. It's horrible. War sucks. Release the fucking hostages and get rid of Hamas and get rid of Netanyahu. And then we can start over. But no, but Bernie gave in to the the people who called him a traitor. And I'm disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I, I in my writings, you know, when the columns and the pieces I've written that touch on this, uh, I've, I've certainly mentioned many times my strong desire to see the fighting end and to see a ceasefire. But I've never, I've never used the word cease. I, I believe I can double check. I don't think I've ever used the word ceasefire in a sentence that said, that didn't say ceasefire and total hostage release deal. Yes. You know, but, I mean, those but two that's things, not what they're look, saying. That, that's right. not well, what somebody, the protesters are right. saying. Somebody, somebody who just wants a, a ceasefire without dealing with that. You can't do that. I mean, exactly. It's, just, it's not, no, it's not, it's not possible, but I do think, you know, and a lot of it's just, uh, uh, what's the word? I want to say the orientation, right. You know, it's, it's like, I think I, I think the place where people had a you know, legitimate beef with Biden in, in the early days was um, he hugged Bibi. He yeah. also fist bumped. <laughs> Who did he fist bump? Some other horror. MBS, right, R- yeah, right. right. MBS. Like, you know, yeah, come, on. come on. But, but, come on. Come yeah, on, man. But, but I think I think. Yeah. And I think Biden's I think in the last month, I think the Biden administration's 
handling of this has been pretty good. I mean, they've tried to use when you when you when you when you think of it strategically, you know, you know, he, he couldn't he couldn't go over there immediately and press for a ceasefire because they would you know lock the door and not talk to him. Right? That's right. So. So, He's a diplomat. Um, Look, he, Joe Biden has worked in foreign relations yeah, so, so for strategically for him to unequivocal, unequivocally voice support for Israel in those in those early days. And 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 who wouldn't after a horrible attack after, like October 7th? Right. So to do that gave him enough influence and leverage that in recent days they've been trying to say, hey, maybe you should conduct this war a little differently, you know, and we need to get more humanitarian aid in. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, to me, he could do more and push can a little I, can harder. I ask, but, when but, did the Arab countries could, help the people yeah. of of Gaza? Well, yeah. right. There are 22 I mean, Arab nations with all the fucking money in the world, oil, and yet Israel, this little sliver of a country, it's all on them to take care of the people of Gaza. Yeah. There are so many inequities here. There are so many things that are wrong. 22 Arab nations. In none of them does a Jew serve in the government. In Israel, there are Arabs in the Knesset. They have full citizenship. This apartheid shit is bullshit. And yet that's the propaganda that's been fed us. And that's what these college kids are echoing back. And that's what the progressives are echoing back. And I've never stood up before ever and said, I'm a proud Jew. I'm an atheist for God's sake. But you know what? And I've said it before. October 7th flipped a switch in my brain. And it's like, holy fuck. I know what my heritage is. And if I'm not going to stand up and say Jews deserve to live and Israel has a right to exist, then then who will? We say never again. We say I've learned I know nothing about Judaism. But I do know about the Holocaust and I do know the phrase never again. And the unfortunate thing is that never again is now. Yeah. Well, it's been interpreted by different people different ways. I mean, I greatly admire the people who see never again in the broader sense, in the the broader anti-war sense. (laughs) <laughs> Those are the people I admire, Nicole. So okay, uh, boy, that's that's a cop out. I love you, Will, but boy, that's a cop yeah, out. I mean, that is on, a, such a cop out. That is a cop that, out. That's, that's bullshit. Yeah, peace is a cop out. No, peace is not yeah. a cop out. But when we talk yeah. about never again, they're specifically talking about the Holocaust, and it's happening again. And but this time, it's us. The well, Jews are the genocidalists. Yeah. I've written a year for years about people who who believe in never again, and they've applied it to situations like the Uyghurs in China. Mm-hmm. And Where's the outrage? Where's the outrage? Well, where's the outrage about the Uyghurs? Where's the outrage about Sudan? Where's the outrage about all these other um, Muslims well, around the world I, I, who I have, have been who are being killed? Sure, and I I have some friends who are Ethiopian Americans, and like. Uh, I've learned from them about things that are going on in, in Ethiopia. Yeah. And that's just one example that people in America don't even know about. And there's so much in this world that needs to be cleaned up that that we agree on, Nicole. Yes, we do. 
Will Bunch, I thank you. I, I, you know, we've right. not ever done this before. So it's yeah. nice to have a spirited discussion and a disagreement. Yeah. Um, I wish we didn't disagree on this one, but it is what it is. Thank it you is for coming on. All right, Nicole. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. As always. Me too. Thank you. To you. You, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, still love Will Bunch. Think he's wrong. Um, I think that him not calling out my cancellation when we know why, but calling out Medi's when we don't know why. Just, I'll just leave it there. All right. With that, we're done. Today is what, Tuesday? Tomorrow, Desi Doyen will be here. We won't talk about any of this. We will talk about climate change, something that nobody is talking about. Even though COP28 is going on right now, the fifth national climate assessment came out a couple of weeks ago. And except for Chris Hayes and the Green News report and the broadcast, I don't I haven't heard about it. Um, stop the fighting in the chat room. I know it's hard when I'm fighting on the show, but I don't need you guys fighting with each other. Name calling is not OK. Everything I do and all the things I say, and I say some pretty shitty things, I don't think I call anyone names. Then again, maybe I do. But it's my show. The chat room, no name calling allowed. All right. With that, we're done. Thank you for those of you who hung out. I know many of you didn't. I'm biting my tongue. I'll see you tomorrow.